Our text this morning is John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. I'll read that now from the New American Standard Bible 95 translation. John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. During the season of Advent and Christmas, we at Heritage Bible Chapel preach and hear the Christmas story as told by one of the four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. This year, our focus is on the prologue of John's gospel. That's the first 18 verses of John. We plan to preach these 18 verses beginning now through Christmas Sunday in a series of sermons called Christ Has Come. Christ Has Come. That is a truth each gospel account testifies to. Yet each gospel account while proclaiming the same message, begins with a different starting place in time. John, for example, does not begin with the birth of Jesus as Matthew and Luke do, or the baptism of Jesus and the start of his public ministry as Mark does. John takes us all the way back to the beginning and further back than that to reveal that Jesus is not a created being that came into existence as a baby in a manger. But Jesus is God from eternity, the word that was in the beginning, through whom all things were made, that became flesh and dwelled among us. And this means that we are not just to believe that Jesus is a man, but that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. As with all scripture, John has a purpose for what he writes as inspired by the Holy Spirit. And for context, John chapter 20, verses 30 through 31 tells us this purpose. John chapter 20, verse 30 says, therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. The purpose of this gospel is for all who hear to believe and have life in the name of Jesus, who is the Christ, who is the Son of God. All the Bible says in the Gospel of John, it says about Jesus. And so first, Jesus is the Word. John chapter 1, verse 1, the first clause says, In the beginning was 
the word. These words in the beginning are the first words of the Bible. Genesis chapter one, verse one says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. When John's gospel begins with the words, in the beginning, what beginning is John talking about? Well, the words in the beginning cannot refer to the beginning of God, for God has no beginning. God is eternal. Psalm 90 verse 2 says, before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. The words in the beginning cannot refer to the beginning of God. So John's gospel is taking us back to the beginning, which is creation. A creation that came into existence when God spoke. In the beginning was the word. At the creation of the heavens and the earth, the word was. That is, the word already was. The word exists from eternity, before the heavens and the earth were made. In the Greek language, this verb was is not an event for the past only. Rather, this verb was communicates something that exists continuously. The word was God continuously. Arius was a third century heretic who believed there was a time when the sun was not. There was a time when the sun was not. That's what Arius believed. He was wrong. The Bible teaches that there never was a time when the sun was not. Jesus is the word that was in the beginning already existing when the heavens and earth were created. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word exists from eternity in communion with God. Being with God, the Word is a person of God, existing eternally with God in perfect fellowship and communion. The phrase translated with God in this verse presents equality and intimacy. The word and God were face to face with each other. So that when John later says in verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, we are to understand that the word that came was with God and came from God. But not only is the word with God, and not only did the word come from his eternal existence with God, but in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The word exists from eternity as a person of God. 
In this first verse, John tells us of the words eternity, proximity, and now unity with God. The word was God. The word shares the same nature as God. As we say in our statement of faith, co-eternal in being, co-identical in nature, co-equal in power and glory, possessing the same attributes and perfections, yet carrying out a distinct office. The word shares the very life of God. When God created man, he says something interesting in Genesis chapter one, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Who is us? Who is our? John answers, Jesus was there. He was in the beginning with God. The word as a person of God, existing in communion with God from eternity was present at creation. This word is not a thing, it is a person. He, the same one, was in the beginning with God. Verse two seems a little repetitive, but it is here for more than just repetition. Having established that the word exists from eternity in communion with God from eternity as a person of God from eternity, John now brings us back to the beginning, to creation, as a way to prepare us for the new creation God is making through his son, Jesus the Christ. And this leads us to believe that Jesus is life. First, Jesus is life for all created things. John chapter one, verse three says, all things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. John does not say all things were created by him. John says all things were created through him. This means that what we confess in the creeds of old is true. God, the Father, is the creator. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And God, the Father, as creator, creates through God, the Son, the Word. God created the heavens and the earth through the person of God, the Word. And notice verse three does not say creation was. But verse three says, all things came into being. Not all things were, was, but all things came into being through him. There was a time when all things were not, and then they came into being, they became. All things were created, all things were made. The word of verse one was, Jesus was, he was not created, but the world came into being. The world was created. The world was made. There's a difference. Verse three tells us that when the heavens and the earth were created, they were created by God through the word. And this means that when God acts, the word acts too. 
So when Jesus acts, he is performing the acts not of man, but the acts of God. Verse three again, all things came into being through him and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. The last part of verse three is not only speaking about the creation of the heavens and the earth in the beginning, what came into being, but also the creation that exists now, what has come into being, and what testifies now to the glory of our creator God. Romans 1 verse 20 says, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. What has been created, what has come into being by God through the word is also sustained by God through the same word. And all creation bears testimony to this truth so that humanity is without excuse. All created things exist through the person of God, the word. Nothing is accepted. Everything and everyone owes their existence to Jesus. Let me make it personal. You owe your existence to Jesus, even if you don't believe in him. You have life because of him. In verse four, the Bible says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Life exists from eternity in the person of God, the word. The question is asked today, when does life begin? People who call themselves pro-life say that life begins at conception or life begins in the womb. People who call themselves pro-choice say that life begins at birth. People who call themselves pro-Jesus must say that life begins before the womb, before conception, before creation. Life begins with the eternal word. Verse four says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And so at what point does a baby begin to live? At what point does a baby become more than flesh and becomes a living being with a soul and spirit? Is this not what the incarnation answers for us, brothers and sisters? There is never a time where that creation is not life for Jesus' life. Did Jesus become the son of God at the moment he was born of Mary in the flesh? No. Jesus was the son of God in the beginning. The word was from eternity in communion with God and the word became flesh. The word was always alive because in him was life. And so it is that life exists in Jesus before life takes on flesh. The Lord says of Jeremiah the prophet in Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. 
I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Life exists from eternity in the person of God, the word. Think of this from the other end of life spectrum. Not from a person's birth, but at the time of a person's death, when a human being is placed on life support, a machine that keeps the body breathing and the heart beating. The question is this, is that person alive? Is that person living? Once again, that's the wrong question because life only exists in Jesus Christ. If that person is in Jesus Christ, that person is alive even if they die. If that person is not in Jesus Christ, that person is dead even if they live. Jesus said in John 11, 25 and 26, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Life is not only something physical. Life is also something eternal. To make it personal again, you are eternal. You are created in the image of God as an eternal being. And you have an eternal destiny. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The life of the person of God, the Word, is the light for humanity. The imagery shifts from Word and creation and life now to light. The life of Jesus is light for humanity. Jesus is the light of men. What was the first act of creation when the heavens and earth were made? Genesis 1, verse 2 and 3 again. Notice the earth was formless and void. Notice that darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. The first act of creation was light shining forth into the darkness. The first act of new creation is also light shining into the darkness. Genesis 1 tells us of the old creation. John 1 tells us of the new creation. And it is a new creation whereby God brings eternal life through shining Light, not just into the chaos and darkness of the cosmos, but into the chaos and darkness of human existence, of the human heart. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. The old things passed away, behold, new things have come. The life of the person of God, the word, is light for humanity. There's something special about human beings and all creation. Human beings are the only beings at creation who were made in God's image. Human beings are the only beings at creation with a spirit to commune with God's spirit. 
It is to humanity that the light, which is the life of the eternal word, is given. It is humanity that the light, which is the life of the eternal word, assumed by taking on flesh. This light is the gospel, eternal life, new creation. This light is Jesus. In John chapter eight, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. To humanity, God sends the eternal word, the life the light, and yet human beings do something that the rest of creation does not even do. Human beings, unlike the rest of creation, reject the shining light. John chapter three, verse 19 says, this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world. Christ has come. And men loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. Against this imagery of light is imagery of darkness, and darkness represents sin and evil, evil deeds. Just as the cosmos was dark when God spoke, let there be light, so too humanity is in darkness when the light comes. Every one of us is born a sinner. It is part of our DNA because Adam sinned and Eve sinned, all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All humanity is in darkness. All humanity needs a savior. And with Jesus, we behold our savior and Lord. Verse five says the light shines in the darkness. The light which is the life of the person of God, the word, continues to shine in the darkness. The light shines. The sun is our source of light on earth, and the sun is a star. Did you know that stars die? There is a time when a star, a sun, will die and will cease to shine. But the light of God, the sun, does not stop shining. And his light enlightens every man. John 1 verse 9 says, There was the true light which, coming into the world, enlightens every man. Every human has some light. You are receiving light now as you hear this gospel and you will be held accountable for what you do with what light you have, be it the testimony of creation that says there is a creator God, or be it the special revelation of the word that leads us to Christ who is the light. You will be accountable for what you do with the light that you have received. Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 36, while you have the light, Believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. 
This may also be translated, the darkness did not overcome it. This last phrase of verse five is difficult to translate and interpret because it can have two meanings. It can mean the darkness did not comprehend the light, or it can mean the darkness did not overcome the light. With John and what we see in his writings, it's possible that both meanings are meant here in this text. For the meaning of comprehend, it is true that without the illumination of the Holy Spirit, humanity cannot accept nor understand the things of God. First Corinthians chapter two, verse 14 says, but a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. It is true that without Jesus, who is himself the life and the light, the gospel is to Jews a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. A gospel without Jesus is no gospel. It has no power. It cannot save. 1 Corinthians 1.24 says, but to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. We need Christ. And so it is Christ whom we preach, the word, the life, and the light. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it or the darkness did not overcome it. For the meaning of overcome, it speaks of the victory of the light over darkness. The light which is the life of the person of God, the word, remains victorious over the darkness. The forces of evil did not conquer when humanity rejected Jesus as the Son of God and nailed him to a cross. The forces of evil did not conquer when Jesus spoke, it is finished, having paid the sin debt we owed through his faithful life and death for us. The forces of evil did not conquer when the body of Jesus was placed in the tomb. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The forces of evil did not conquer because on the third day, light burst forth from an empty, dark tomb. The light of the world could not be extinguished by death. God raised Jesus from the dead and he lives as the eternal word, the life and the light of God. We sing this time of year, hail the heaven born prince of peace, hail the son of righteousness, light and life to all he brings risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. 
the light of humanity that shines in the darkness is the eternal life of Jesus, the eternal word of God through whom all things were created and exist. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, who entered into humanity as light of the new creation, offering eternal life for all who will believe and receive. Our memory verse again, John 1:12 says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. I ask us all, will we believe and receive Jesus, the light of men? Would you pray with me? Our Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would apply this text to our hearts. And there are many ways that we can apply it as we think about what it means to have life, physical life that cannot be separated from eternal life. What it means to think and speak about death as Christians. We could think even about how as your church, we are the light of Christ in the world now and the responsibilities that we have for that. But on this first sermon of this series, Christ has come. It seems most appropriate that our application be the exhortation of this book of John and indeed of the scriptures that we will believe, that we will receive Jesus as Savior and Lord. If God is calling forth faith in your heart and you are confronting these claims of Christ, that he is the eternal word, that he is one with God, that he is the one who came, who died on the cross for our sins, was buried and raised again, and is coming again. If you are hearing that this morning and it is um, being met with faith in your heart for the first time. The scriptures say that if you confess Jesus, this one whom we preach as Lord, believing in your heart that God did raise him from the dead, that he is alive, you will be saved. You will be made new. And you may do that right now as a prayer. You may offer that as a prayer to him right now, a prayer of faith that will please him. I would encourage you and plead with you to do that. For those of us that are in the faith, we need to regularly be reminded of this gospel that we believe. And we are going to be reminded of it as we turn our attention now to the table of the Lord. Father, once again, open our eyes and keep them open to see Jesus. Amen.